Reed Green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> this is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It is a football Friday here on Birds 365, getting ready for a football Sunday. And then there was one undefeated teams in the National Football League, and that would be your Philadelphia Eagles. Because of my yeah, who had team. that bet, by the way? Who had that the Eagles that would bet. be the last undefeated yeah. team? Uh, there, yeah. there might be a couple out there that have cashed that ticket now. Um, and yes, the Eagles could get beat this weekend, and the Dolphins and Eagles would have lost not on the same weekend, but since the Dolphins did play a Thursday night game, and we'll have to find out about the condition of their quarterback Tua Tungavaloa, there is only one undefeated team left in the National Football League. The question is, will they still be the only undefeated football team in the National Football League after Sunday? Johnny Mack with the Jacksonville Jaguars coming to town, um, but Doug Peterson's return to uh, Lincoln Financial Field. There were a lot of side stories attached to this one, but the main one and the most important one is the Eagles are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They're supposed to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. Is that going to happen? I think it's going to happen, but I, I think it's going to be tougher than people expect. Uh, I think this is a really talented team. I think, you know, one of the things Urban Meyer did amazingly, and I think his 13 games in Jacksonville is make everybody forget what kind of prospect uh, Trevor Lawrence was coming into this league. You know, the hyperbole surrounding him. I, I either got one of three names, Jody. Uh, and I say this all the time, best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. If you didn't believe in Andrew Luck, you went to Peyton Manning. If you didn't believe in Peyton Manning, you went all the way back to John Elway. That's what people were talking about him as a quarterback prospect coming into this league. And voila, Urban Meyer's out of there. Doug Peterson's in there who has a semblance of understanding what to do and certainly has a history, both playing the position, coaching the position, understanding the position and he looks like the number one overall pick again. Um, so you're talking about really, and by the way, I talked to Kayvon Wallace and, and Mario Goodrich. Those are the two guys on the Eagles yesterday um, that played with Trevor Clemson. Clemson guys, right. Yeah. They, they were blown away 
by his ability. And it, it was interesting. They both went to their freshman year, um, his freshman year. Um, and they said right away, it was, you know, he's a five-star recruit coming out of Georgia. Um, he's been anointed for a long time. And those guys, Kayvon said, his first play in team drills, he rolled right, flicked the football 65 yards and didn't even get his feet set under him. And he went, what the heck is this? And uh, Mario just talked about his his football IQ. He, he knew what to do as a freshman. Um, and obviously they went on to win the national championship. But So that's what Urban Meyer, a pretty big accomplishment, by the way, Jody, that make everybody forget. And now they're starting to remember again. Um, so it starts with Trevor, uh, but there's a lot of other players and, you know, you look at the number one pick this year and a lot of people were saying, how can Trayvon Walker be the number one pick? He barely played at Georgia. Same thing with Jordan Davis. They had so Mm -hmm. much talent. They just rolled him and rolled him and rolled him. Um, and all of a sudden you see him out there and you go, Oh, Oh, I get it because he's so athletically gifted. Uh, Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, uh, people forget how gifted he is. And all of a sudden, these guys are coming along at the same time. And you say, look, I, I don't want to overstate it. I don't think they're uh, a, a legit contender yet, but I think they're a legit contender in the AFC South, which is turning out to be a, a poor division. And I may... I might call them the favorite right now to win the AFC South. Well, they are as per the standings at two and one uh, puts them atop the standing. So why not call them the favorite? Uh, and I'll roll out an old sports axiom that you'll get, but some of our younger listeners might not. Uh, the only guy who could stop Michael Jordan was Dean Smith because he didn't <laughs> always play him at North yeah. Carolina. Apparently the only one who can slow down Trevor Lawrence was Urban Meyer, his coach last year with the Jaguars. Doug Peterson not doing that as uh, he's off to a very good start here in year number two of his NFL career. I a little housekeeping before we get into more Eagle stuff here. Injury report <clears> yesterday <throat> they had the laundry list of uh, rest guys, load management guy. Call it what you want. Uh, we're putting them in bubble wrap in the middle of the week type guys. Uh, but Thursday's uh, injury report a little bit more indicative of what you're probably going to see on Sunday. Boston Scott's still out. Didn't know if he was going to be one of those where overly precautious, keep him off the field, we'll get him back out there. A lot of guys who did not practice on Wednesday were back and were at least limited uh, participants yesterday. Boston Scott was not. Um, What did you hear on Boston Scott? And if he's not good to go on Sunday, will we get our first look at Trey Sermon in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform? Uh, yeah, I think we will if Boston's unable to go. I, you know, we'll, we'll obviously get uh, no more today, this morning, uh, when I get over there. But it's not good from this perspective. I, you know, Boston's one of the guys who have open locker room on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Boston's one of the guys that's always there, and he wasn't there on Wednesday or Thursday. So, you know, some of the other injured players – you know, Milton Williams, who's banged up and, uh, you know, Dallas got it with the shin and um, they're, they were all there. So, you know, you, you kind of know it's not serious uh, with Boston. It's probably a little bit more serious. So I think there's a good chance 
um, that he's not going to play and you see Trey Sermon, but maybe Trey Sermon active. I don't see you're going to, I don't think you're going to see a lot of Trey Sermon. I, I think you just ramp up Kenny Gainwell and, and give him the touches you were giving Boston Scott and you go more of a two man rotation instead of a three man. That would be my guess. That would be, but that's just purely speculation. Um, but I, 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 I don't think, you know, from, and we'll see. And I, AJ Brown, by the way, is about to have a second child. So don't worry about him at all. I know a lot of people are see personal reasons and, you know, they think horrible things, but yeah, no. nothing's going on with AJ Brown. Um, but with Boston, yeah, I think there might be an issue there and we'll, we'll get a clearer indication this morning. Now you should know, I should know this. You hopefully do. I don't shame on me. Does Boston play? We debate all the time about the return game and he should be the guy taking back kicks. Cause to this point, Quez has looked like the guy who shouldn't be doing it, despite the fact that he continues to do it. Other than uh, returning kicks as a possibility, which he hasn't done in the uh, any of the first three games, does Boston play any on special teams? A uh, little bit, but not. He's not a core guy. He's not. Uh, you know, he's just mainly a returner. Um, you know, sometimes he's the up back when somebody else is returning. Um, but no, he's not, doesn't have a large role. Um, on special teams. I didn't think so. Um, And he should, as I say, he should be the kick returner, but that's that's another conversation. Right. We already had that one a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, as far as as the backfield rotation, though, I think, you know, Nick is actually more comfortable using two guys than three guys. The the three guys is the more uncomfortable position for him. And he thinks, you know, Boston earned it um, so he's probably a little bit more comfortable, to be honest, using two guys. All right, and here's uh, one of the return point, and then I want to get the John McMullen weather watch. Um, <laughs> last night's Dolphins and uh, who the hell? Oh, Bengals game. Um, we could talk for a while about two at Tungo Valoa, but uh, a little more focused. Tyreek Hill went back to return punts. At least three times, if not four. They used a couple of different guys, but I think Hill was back there to return more than any. And, oh, by the way, I don't think he really even played it. Either fair caught him or let him bounce. Uh, The actual Cincinnati punter did a pretty good job last night. Um, But they're putting, as an important piece, more important, you would have to say, than the Eagles because the Eagles have A.J. Brown. I know the Dolphins have uh, Waddle as well who didn't do much of anything last night. Um, but they just gave Tyreek Hill this massive contract extension, and he's a guy you wouldn't want to get hurt if you're the Miami Dolphins. But they put enough of an emphasis on punt returns to go, yeah, Tyreek, get back there and see if you can break one for us. Should the Eagles be thinking along those same lines with the Devonta Smith since um, <laughs> he catches them most times? He did flub one last week, but he hadn't come close to making a play. Should that be something the Eagles should put more consideration into, uh, seeing as they did put him back there for at least one punt this past week? Yeah, I, I think they should. Um, my 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 thought on that is people say it so much they talk themselves into it. It's too dangerous punt returns. I mean, what, what they did it for years with Sean Jackson. I mean, Darren Sproles did it for years as a key impact. You know, different type of obviously third down back more. 
I, I don't know where this trope started that punt returns is so dangerous. I mean, I, I, it's just, yeah, Tyreek Hill, no, no offense to Devontae Smith. And I know Eagles fans are going to take offense. Tyreek Hill's Tyreek Hill. All right. Tyreek Hill is more important than Devontae Smith, and he's out there. Um, yeah, I people talk themselves into stuff, Jody. I, that, 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 that's the only explanation I can give you. That, oh, it's so dangerous. Why is it so dangerous? Why? I, I mean, show me the evidence where a punt returners are dropping like flies. Well, I, I, I'll give you the one. And I've mentioned this. I don't know if we've Jason ever done it on yeah. yeah, Jason Seahorn. <laughs> yeah. His career was never the same. He was, in his first couple of years, looking like one of the defense, best defensive backs in the National Football League. He got hurt on a return, broke his leg, lost for the entire season, and then thereafter came back with never quite the same player. Was a solid player, hung around for years, but he wasn't a superstar player, and he was trending in the superstar direction. That's well, now what? Uh, 20, 25 yeah. years ago? What was the year yeah. that Jason Seahorn got hurt? It wasn't well, last week. One well, last nine, year, it's like a couple decades now. You got to go back to go, oh, they lost him on special teams returning. You can't take that risk. Yeah, it's you got to go. You got to go back to a different century. Um, so, you know, look, I mean, you can get, you just saw it with Tua last night. I mean, that didn't look violent. And look what happens. I've seen so many Except, more violent look, hits. Let me, did, did you not think that merited a flag? Do you think they not to the no. flag because they had just thrown a, uh, a flag on the play before he, he threw him to the ground. I, I don't, I, isn't that what you're supposed to do uh, as a defender? I, I didn't think it would look violent at all. I was, uh, you know, you know, was is especially from his head bouncing off the turf. I've seen so many heads bounce off the turf and you go, Oof, uh, that looked bad. That one didn't look terribly bad and, and stuff like that happens. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. You can't legislate injuries. I say it all the time. You, you, you know, you might break your leg uh, on a punt return. Uh, you might tear your ACL on a non-contact. You might injure yourself on the practice field, like Andre Dillard. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to win football games, and if Devontae Smith can help me win football games, um. I'm putting him back there. And I know Devontae has no issues doing it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, some people, and and we know the Eagles, we know how they do business. They're going to err on the side of caution. And that's the way they go about things. But, yeah, when you see Tyreek Hill out there, you start saying to yourself, well, if Tyreek Hill can do it, why can't so-and-so do it? If that's your best option, Coaches say ad nauseum, right? This is a meritocracy. You got to get your best players on the field. Well, what is it? Which one is it? Which one is it? You know, I'm I'm leaning more in that direction that that's something they got to be able to do. All right, uh, quickie before we get our first guest up here, I need the John McMullen weather report. Uh, I don't know about you. I I got. I'm, the, I'm bringing up my app, Jody. That, I got, I wasn't ready for the. My I got the duty. dog out early this morning, and that's Howard Eskin. Regular that's, that's uh, uh, gray T-shirt, nothing big today. I went outside. A little chilly. Last yeah. day in September. Fall has officially arrived. I think it's supposed to be about sixty degrees with a chance of rain. The uh, the 
hurricane coming down from coming up from from Florida will be bringing a whole bunch of rain here uh, over the next couple of days, and it's still raining down south. All our thoughts and prayers out to everybody, including our next guest, who we'll get to in just a second. What should the attire be? I know you're in the uh, climate controlled ensconced press oh, box on Sunday, yeah. but for the the Birds Nation that will be sitting in the seats, what are you suggesting, Mister McMullen? Uh, little, little, yeah, I go back to the caddy episode of Seinfeld. You know, wear, 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 wear a rain jacket, and if it gets a little bit too stuffy, take it off. You know, that's um, that's what I'm going to recommend. I think Saturday's going to be the washout, um, so I don't think Sunday's going to be quite as bad. Uh, but there are going to be 50% chance of showers, so wear the rain jacket, light low rain jacket, if it gets a little bit too uncomfortable, you just take it off. That the helpful weather tip from your weatherman, John McMullen, because I gotta let you do this because I am uh, I got no bloody idea how the weather. <laughs> All I know is how to criticize weather guys when they get it wrong. So I'll criticize yeah. you too come Monday. Oh, if, feel uh, free. There yeah, isn't people do that. People if it's people 75 degrees and there isn't a drop of rain. Yeah. McMullen told you to wear a coat, not me. I didn't say that. I never said that yeah, here that's on Bird that, That's that time of year, by the way. You leave in the morning because you and I are both up early, Jody. You leave, you take out the dog in the morning. It's a little chilly. And then by one, two o'clock, it's you know, it's a little bit too hot. So it's and a tough time of year. One o'clock will be kickoff time between the Jags and the Eagles. We've been giving you Eagle perspective all week long. We felt we needed to get a Jaguars perspective. So Demetrius Harvey from BigCatCountry.com comes to Jags day in and day out down there in Florida. will be joining us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. to the link against the Jacksonville Jaguars and a coach they're pretty familiar with. Here to give us a Jacksonville perspective is a guy who covers them every single day from BigCatCountry.com, Demetrius Harvey. Demetrius, Jody Mack, John McMullen here on Birds 365. Thanks for streaming in with us, big guy. No problem. Uh, it's a little bit early, but you know what? I'm, I'm up and I'm ready to talk some Jaguars-Eagles. Yeah, uh, Demetrius, uh, obviously for us in Philadelphia, it's got to start with Doug Peterson, which uh, I imagine is understandable from your perspective. But after going through Urban Meyer and getting to the, I don't know what you want to call it, the professionalism the uh, of Doug Peterson, I said it was the easiest prediction for me that the people of Jacksonville were going to be thrilled with Doug Peterson. How, how, how thrilled are they? Yeah, they're uh... – over the moon. I mean, you go from a guy who last year, honestly, was just uh, demonstrably bad in terms of everything that 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 could uh, happen in Jacksonville in terms of the head coaching and, and just the, the player organization. You know, the players were fed up. They were in a, a dark time. Uh, Doug Peterson mentioned, you know, this team needed healing um, and he was right. And, you know, that that's sort of what he brought along during OTAs, during training camp. Um, and then now into the season, you can definitely see that there's a, a complete uh, 180 in terms of the coaching style, the, um, the, the maturity of the team, the organization. Um, you know, last year there were times where no one would know what the schedule would be from a day in and day out basis. You know, Urban might leave early or might you know, <laughs> arrive, arrive late. Uh, just, just little things like that. Now it's an actual schedule. You know, um, I think that that helps. Uh, it's, it's just, the, the little things that you would expect to just come natural to any coach. Um, Urban didn't have that last year, but Doug Peterson obviously has that. Yeah. He has the professionalism, and, and he knows exactly what he's doing. So it's been great. I think that uh, Jaguar fans are really excited. Let me follow up on that, Demetrius, because we hear this phrase a lot, that you're a culture builder when you mm -hmm. come to a National Football League team as a new coach, <clears throat> and certainly the culture would probably be described as toxic last year. Uh, certainly not the case this year. Is there anything tangible that you can put your finger on? You'd say, all right, this is what they mean by uh, culture change. The, the culture that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know we're only three games in, but Doug's been in place for months now. 
Uh, what is the, is there one thing or several things, an overall thing that you could say, here's where the culture of the Jacksonville Jaguars is because of Doug Peterson. And that just was not the case before. Yeah. I mean, you can see it in, in the, in the little things, you know, during press conferences, how the message is being relayed, you know, um, everybody seems to be on the same page last year. It was, you know, this and that, and I need to do this and he needs to do that. And, um, Urban didn't really know exactly what was going on most of the time. So um, w- when you when you look at what Doug Peterson has been able to do, you can tell that this team has been bought into whatever message that that he's uh, he's putting forward. You know, he 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 comes in, and and I know everyone laughs about the ice cream and the things of that nature, and you know the, <laughs> the sort of easygoing, laid back yeah. mentality. But but you know they're they're actually really um, they're really going hard. You know, in practices, you know, last week or. It was either last week or the week before on a Thursday practice, they played 65 plays. You know, it's 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 those things and, and, and the ability to or they want to to work hard and to uh, get on the field and actually have success and, and win football games. I think that that's been uh, sort of what's been changed in, in Jacksonville now. Um, obviously it's only three games in, you know, they could easily just lose the rest of their games this season. And people would probably say the, the culture is terrible, but, um, for, for right now, it just seems like, you know, they actually know what they're doing. They, they understand the plan and the goal set by Doug Peterson. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, to get back to your schedule point, Demetrius, I always joke, you know, if you, if, if you ask Andy Reid what his schedule is going to be on September 30th in 2026, he can tell you. He, he can tell you. And Doug comes from, um, obviously, that sort of mindset. So it is interesting, the little things and, and how they can change things. But, I, you know, to me, the great – and I was telling Jody before you popped on, that the greatest accomplishment of Urban Meyer is making people forget who Trevor Lawrence was. I think, <laughs> oh I think people forgot just how talented and just how gifted a prospect this kid is. And obviously he's AFC offensive player of the week. Um, what, what, how good is Trevor Lawrence for the people in Philadelphia? I think you're right. You know, people did forget about Trevor last year. And, and I think, uh, I think it was almost like a, a, a rookie minus year for him in terms of, you know, he didn't really – he would have been better off, you know, having stayed at Clemson, in my opinion, uh, last season rather than go through what he went through. Um, so, you know, just going through an actual training camp and sort of um, understanding that he's a starting quarterback, you can tell that there's a change in mindset. Last year, after every press conference, he was down. He was like, you know, I, I need to do better. I need to do this and that. Um, and that led to his 17 interceptions, 12 touchdowns. You know, th- this year it seems like he has more control of, of what he's doing on the field. Um, he's more accurate. I feel like last year, you know, he had a, a, a few too many balls sail on him. Um, just just a couple of, of, of weird moments in games where it just didn't seem like he could get it done. Um, you know, this year with Doug Peterson, with Press Taylor, um, with with um, Mike McCoy, with, with the guys that are surrounding him, it just seems like he's been able to elevate his game um, to a level where, you know, you saw some of that at Clemson. You saw, you know, some of that when he was coming into the draft. And the reason why he was the number one overall pick, he can just make plays that other quarterbacks might struggle with, you know. And I think that that's sort of what you've seen over the past three games, especially the the most recent game against the Chargers where, you know, he threw three touchdowns. Um, a couple of them were just incredibly impressive plays or throws. Um, I think that that's sort of what you'll see moving forward. He's just um, – got a better command of of the offense he has a better command of himself and 
and you can see it borne out on the field. Demetrius, let me ask you about one of the weapons that uh, Mr. Lawrence has been using this year, and that's tight end Evan Ingram. We know Ingram pretty well here in Philadelphia because he was a giant for years, even at a very famous drop against the Eagles that could have cost the Eagles a game, and you have to be quite happy if you're an Eagle fan so he couldn't wrap his hands around it. That was the problem with Ingram on the Giants. He'd make a big play, but then he'd drop a pass that was right in his hands. 15 targets, 12 catches this year. 12 catches is actually one more than Dallas Goddard has, which would surprise us here in Philadelphia because we think Goddard's a stone-cold stud at tight end. Uh, Ingram-Lawrence relationship, better fit in the Peterson system, uh, hasn't been racking up the big yards, but is making catches. How is Evan Ingram fit down there in Jacksonville? Yeah, you, you know, Doug, I mean, he he loves tight ends, and, and that's sort of why they brought in Evan. And uh, you could tell, you know, right off the bat in training camp that him and uh, Trevor have had a great connection. You know, him, uh, Trevor, Dan Arnold, the other tight end, just they 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 bonded pretty well. And, and I think that that's sort of what you've seen over the past few weeks. I think against the Colts, he had, I think, around seven or eight uh, receptions. And that's sort of what's going to happen. You know, one game he might have seven catches, another game he might have two. Um, but the biggest thing is, you know, what, like you touched on, he's he hasn't been dropping passes. You know, that's something that obviously w- was an issue back when he was with the Giants, you know, in training camp, he dropped a couple of passes, um, which made Giants fans happy and uh, Jaguar fans, you know, wary. But, you know, over the past three games, he hasn't been having any drops at all. So um, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to play out moving forward, but I do know that Evan is a pretty big part of that offense. He's on the field for most of the plays and um, him and, and Chris Manhurts, who's the blocking tight end, you know, they, they play a lot of two tight end sets um, and it's not just, to run the football, you know, that they're going to be passing out of those sets too. So I think that Evan, you know, brings a different element to the Jaguars offense. I think that that's what sort of uh, Trevor needed. He needed a guy that could be reliable over the middle of the field. Um, so far, so good. So I think that that's something that, um, you know, over the course of the season, we'll find out if, if that was a, a worthy investment. And, uh, but for now it has been. Uh, Demetrius, I saw at, at Jacksonville.com, you did a piece on, on Doug and fourth downs because mm-hmm. that's one thing where he was at the forefront. I mean, he was the guy. And Ryan Paganetti, who's a friend of this show and is now down with Doug and Jacksonville, they kind of pushed that issue. And I think, you know, in the run to Super Bowl 52, that was a big part of it, their aggression. They were ahead of the curve. Now everybody started to catch up a little bit. Some have even gone even further, like Brandon Staley. But how how impactful has Doug's aggression uh, on offense been for the Jags? Yeah, they've, they've gone for it on fourth down seven times. Um, I would say one of them doesn't really count because it was at the end of a game. Um, and they've converted four of them. And, and all four of those have turned into touchdowns. So 28 points already, you know, they've earned – um, by taking those risks, being aggressive, you know, something that Doug has preached and the players have responded well to it. You know, um, a, a couple of players have said, you know, this is something that gives us more confidence. You know, the, the defense is sitting there like, you know, the team is about to go for our fourth down at, at the 50 yard line. We're ready to go. We're ready to go and get uh, a turnover. And I think that on two of the fourth downs they went for, um, they, they were able to stop the team, or, or I think both, all three of the fourth downs that they went for but didn't get it, they were able to stop the team for a three and outs or a turnover. So I think that that sort of, um, you know, uh, aggression 
will be, you know, played out as as the course of the season goes on to see, you know, if, if it was worth it. But so far, you know, they've been, um, I would say, one of the top teams in terms of uh, taking those calculated risks and actually, you know, getting points out of it or, or you know, stopping them on the other end. So um, right now, everybody seems to be happy about the, the, the aggression, of course, um, once they go for on fourth down and it doesn't get done and, uh, and it seemed like a, a risky situation, people might get a little bit more mad, but I think that you're right. You know, that's sort of what he did um, in 2017 going for on fourth down, I think 26 times during the regular season, 29 times, obviously on the, on the Philly special play. So um, you, you, you have that, that change where uh, sometimes it seems like there's not supposed to be a fourth down call for that play, but you know, it, it ends up working out. I think that that's something that the players have responded to, and that's what Doug is going to continue to do as long as he's a head coach. Demetrius, one more offensive question out of me. I want to get your read on the Jaguars running back situation. Seems somewhat similar to the Eagles, that James Robinson is the lead back, much like Miles Sanders is here. You got a talented come out of the backfield kind of guy. Travis Etienne, they used the first round draft pick on two years ago. We're planning on making him wide receiver. Just another one of the Urban Meyer wacky revelations that didn't quite pan out, uh, but is being used both to carry the football, but uh, maybe more so coming out of the backfield. Uh, it seems to have worked pretty damn well to this point. How do you think the backfield rotation goes for the Jaguars this week against Philly? Yeah, I think it's going to be similar to how it sort of played out over the past couple games. I think that James is going to be the guy who gets the, you know, maybe – 15 to 20 carries and, 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 you know, ETN's going to get those, you know, 10 to 12 carries a game. I think that that's something that they've um, liked over the past few games. I think that James coming back um, from that Achilles injury, no one really knew exactly how good he could be, you know, over the first few weeks of the season. Um, I think that everybody down here in Jacksonville in the, in the local media understood that, you know, he will be back by week one, but we didn't really know exactly how he was going to look. Um, but he but he's looked great. You know, that that 50 yard run and fourth down last week was outstanding. That was probably um, something that was eye opening for a, a lot of people and in, in national and sort of the fans across the nation. So, you know, he's been the guy who is reliable. Um, he doesn't fumble the football very often. Um, and I think that this year, you know, without Urban and, and without all that nonsense, he's going to actually get his credit. Um, he's actually going to be able to stay on the field when he's you know doing well instead of um, going with a guy who uh, probably was just there because he was a friend with the coach. So um, I think moving forward, you know, ETN is is, is, is also going to be a, a major factor. I think that mostly he's going to be a, a factor in the pass game and the screen game, you know, that, that sort of thing, kind of like a Boston Scott maybe. Um, but, you know, just in terms of that impact, I think that having them both split off is going to be what you see moving forward. Uh, Demetrius, I, I, kind of laughed about and the Eagles already went through this um with Detroit a little bit you know that the fault is everybody says oh it's the Lions and you know same thing with the Jags oh it's the Jags uh, but when you draft at the top of the draft for a while you sort of wake up one day and you go oh there's some talented people here and you know we talked about Trevor but you know, this year it was Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd and, and Josh Allen is a, the other Josh Allen is a heck of a player. Um, what what are the strengths of this team? What what do you think they do best? What do you think they, they mm-hmm. still need work at? 
Yeah, um, especially defensively, you know, on that defensive line, I would say that's probably their their strongest group. They have a rotation, you know, that has been working, especially inside Roy Robertson-Harris, Dewan Smoot, uh, Devon Hamilton, um, Foley Fadakasi, who they brought in from the Jets earlier this spring. You know, those are guys that have made a lot of plays. Arden Key, you know, um, he's a special type of, of player who can play inside at 240 pounds, which is just remarkable. Um, but 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 you're right. Josh Allen is a guy who um, over the past couple of years, it, it didn't seem like he was, you know, getting the production that you would have liked, you know, during his his, his rookie season. He had 10 and a half sacks, um, you know, over the next couple of seasons, I believe he only had around nine uh, combined. So, you know, that sort of transition this year when now you have Trayvon Walker coming off the other side, um, you have a lot more um, players who can, you know, sort of help him out almost by taking up blocks. You know, now he's getting more of one-on-ones. He's he's able to play within his uh, game a lot better, and I think that that's being shown over the first, you know, few games of the season. But um, the, the strength of this team really is, you know, right now I would say center on its defense. And then if, if you go over to the other side of the football or an offense, I think that Christian Kirk, um, we haven't really talked about him too much yet, but, you know, he was a guy who was supposed to be a, a, a overpaid wide receiver. Everybody laughed at the move, but, you know, over the first three games of the season, he's he's turned out to be fantastic. Uh, I think he's been worth every penny so far. You know, obviously he has to still put up more numbers and produce and, and all that good stuff, but uh, the, the, the guy really has a really close connection with Trevor. I think that he's somebody that's, going to be relied upon over the course of the season. I think that he's somebody that you can rely on. I, yeah, I do want to follow up on, on the defensive side. John asked you the question about Doug and his aggressiveness on offense, that he is ahead of, was ahead of the curve with fourth down uh, shots and uh, now is being copycatted somewhat around the <laughs> league. How do you compare the aggressiveness on offense to Doug to the aggressiveness on defense. Jags are two and one because of both their offense and their defense. Is the defense as aggressive as the offense? I think it's it's similar. You know, it, it's it, it, they don't sell out every single play or or anything like that. You're not going to see um, exactly the model that the Bucks use, where they're just going you know different kind of blitzes and, and things of that nature. But you know, they're they're definitely aggressive on third down. You could tell that they do a lot of stunts. They do a lot of uh, game action on uh, against the opposing offensive line, and um, I think that that's something that has had success for 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 Jacksonville. You know, guys like Dewan Smoot, like I mentioned, guys like Arden Key are able to come in on third down and sort of be those pass rushers inside. Where then you have Trayvon Walker, you have Josh Allen, who's able to do the same. And um, we haven't seen it very much, but Devin Lloyd is, is 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 another guy. You know, out of Utah, he was able to rush off the edge plenty. So you know, he's a guy that can come in and sort of be that aggressive guy, um, getting after the passer too. So um, they're 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 pretty aggressive on defense. Um, I I wouldn't say that they're as aggressive in terms of you know um, whatever you would equivalent going forward on fourth down would be um, as the offense, but. They're a, a very, you know, stout defense. They they build they build themselves on stopping the run, and then once they can do that, they just get after the passer. Uh, Want to talk about the coaching staff a little bit beyond Doug uh, Demetrius? Um, I I you know Mike Caldwell was here back in the day as a linebacker and and as an assistant with Doug Peterson. Um, 
What's interesting to me is is Mike was with Tampa Bay last year, and mm-hmm. Todd Bowles came up with this brilliant game plan to deal with Jalen Hurts, and I'm I've been surprised that nobody's tried to replicate it. Um, do you get the feeling that Mike is is going to dip back into what Todd did in the playoffs because Jalen's playing at an MVP level, and then Doug brought in two guys that are very very close to Nick Sirianni, Mike McCoy, you mentioned. Uh, before Jim Bob Cooter, who was here mm-hmm. last year, they kind of know where all the, the 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 bones are buried, so to speak, when Nick Sirianni wants to do in high leverage situations. Have you guys sort of delved into those topics this week? Uh, we we haven't had a chance to talk to Mike yet, just because of the the, the hurricane yeah. and, and things of that nature. But um, you know, yeah, no, we 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 talked to Doug about you know his familiarity with with him or or the guys on his staff that are familiar with 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 Nick, and I think that that's sort of um, something that they'll use. You know, they've sort of downplayed the the close connections thing. Um, you know, the the week against the Colts, Press Taylor didn't really. Um, say too much about, you know, how much he knows that offense or, or things of that nature. But, you know, I think it does play a role. I think that the guys, um, when you go up against the, the, the same team as last year, like like you said, you know, Todd Bowles and, and the Bucks were able to figure out whatever the Eagles were going to do in, in, in that playoff game. And I think that that's something that Mike Caldwell hasn't forgotten. You know, he seems a, like a very um, smart guy. He's a very uh, – even Keel, I, I wouldn't call him a, a rah-rah personality or anything of that nature, but he's clearly a, a bright um, young coordinator or, or young as in, you know, his first year as a defensive coordinator um, in this league. And I think that that's something that he's going to take from, you know, he's already took from guys like Todd Bowles, who's he's, who he's worked with. He's taken from other um, coaches that are celebrated, you know, in, in his past. And I think that that's something that, moving forward, you're going to see a, a lot of. I can see it this week. Um, I don't know necessarily, or I don't want to say and predict that they're going to be able to, you know, make the Eagles look like what they did against the Bucks last year. But um, it is something to to think about just because, you know, this is probably one of the better defenses, in my opinion, that the Eagles will face this season so far. So um, going up against a guy like Mike Caldwell, I guess this is his first test to see, you know, what he's got. Demetrius, we've either seen or read all of Doug Peterson's media availability. As you can understand, it's a pretty big deal up here. Super Bowl coach returning home for the first Mm -hmm. time. Um, But give us the feel of Doug's communications with the players on the Jaguars this week. Do they know what Doug's history is here? Do they know how much this could potentially mean to him? Doug was an emotional guy when he was here, and he's done a good job, I think, of keeping his emotions in check this week. But has there been talk around the team about, hey, we got to go out and get this one for Coach? I think there's been some some rumblings of that. I think that they they know how important this can be because they if they were in a similar situation, they would want it to be that much more important. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. You telling me this team's gonna go out and win one for Urban Meyer? No shot. No <laughs> chance. <laughs> that, that <laughs> yeah, maybe not maybe not for Urban, you know, especially late, late in the year. Then. Uh but but yeah, for Doug, I think that there's a sense of, you know, he's He's almost like I think you guys called him like a, a an, an uncle for you know the city of Philadelphia. I think that that's something similar 
um, to the Jaguars team. They clearly love him. They they clearly have a, a passion for doing well, not not just for him, but for themselves as well. And I think that this week um, we actually asked Trevor about, you know, can you get a sense of Doug's um, importance of, for this game? And I think, you know, Trevor said, you know, yeah, he, you know, I, I don't know what uh, bad happened in, in Philly or, you know, I'm, I know there was a lot of good, you know, things of that nature. But, you know, this is a week that obviously – um, Doug is going to get hyped up for. He's going to be. Um, he he wants to win. I'm sure this is probably something he's circled um, as soon as he signed on the dotted line in Jacksonville. So um, it, it's clearly an important game, and Doug undersells it and says, you know, I haven't even seen the statue and this and that. Um, he he makes it seem like it's not a huge deal, while it is a, a big deal at the same time. So um, I guess we'll see. You know, during the game, we'll see his reactions. We'll see what the crowd reaction is with him, and then. Um, if they win or lose after the game, maybe he'll say something. You know, if, if they win, maybe he'll say something like, "I got him." Uh, if they lose, <laughs> he's probably gonna undersell it. You know, that Man. that that's sort of how it goes. Uh, at Demetrius eighty two, follow Demetrius Harvey on Twitter. Read him at jacksonville dot com. Um, does a tremendous job covering this team. I got to tell you, Demetrius. I didn't expect either of these teams to be as good as they've looked in the first three weeks. They're both in the top 10 all over the place. But one thing with the Jags that has stuck out to me more than anything else when I saw it, and especially when you look at the dichotomy this week, because the Eagles are coming off a nine-sack week, that the, the Jags have given up two sacks all year, I believe, which is the least in the NFL. Now, they did bring in Brandon Sheriff, who's been a really good guard in this league for a really long time. But they're starting a rookie center. Um, you know, Cam Robinson's a good player. Juwan Taylor's a good player. Um, why, why have they been so good at protecting Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of a lot of things. And, you know, over the past two weeks, they haven't allowed a, a, a single sack. I think they've allowed maybe one pressure. Um, and that's going up against guys like Khalil Mack. And, and I know Joey Bosa didn't play the whole game, but he was out there too. And uh, I think Jawan Taylor dominated him. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's just a situation where I believe they're in a better fitting scheme. They brought in Phil Rauscher, who uh, obviously used to coach with the Vikings, used to coach with the Commanders. Uh, so, you know, he he's a guy who understands the zone blocking scheme incredibly well under that Shanahan sort of tree. I, I think that that's something that has helped this offensive line. You know, you bring in a Brandon Sheriff. Uh, I think a lot of people forget, you know, that's a an, an all-pro player. And, you know, if he continues to play at this level and for a number of more years, he could be a, a Hall of Fame player. You know, he's, he's, he's that good of a of a, of a guard, in, in my opinion. And I think that that elevates guys like Jawan, that elevates guys like Luke Fortner, who's coming in as a rookie at, at center. I think that that's sort of what um, we've seen. And then on, on the flip side, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's gotten the ball out of his hands incredibly fast. I think he had, you know, a 2.8 seconds uh, to get the ball out of his hands last year, and I think he's around 2.6 seconds this year. You know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but those 0.2 seconds uh, can be a lot because that's just an average. You know, uh, he's 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 seeing the the field faster. I think that they understand how to game plan with him. Um, he's not holding on to the football, so just a combination of of, of everything. And I think. Um, the one player on the offensive line that's just playing at an elite level so far, I think he's given up one pressure over the course of three games, Jawan Taylor. Um, he's playing with a lot of motivation this year. Not only is this his contract season, 
not only did he have competition with another player last year, but, you know, he, he lost his father in January. And that's something that um, he said publicly, you know, that he's dedicated this season to his, his father. And I think that that's something that's uh, sort of been growing up in him and, and why he's playing at, at a different level than he probably was over the past few seasons. So the, the whole offensive line has just, uh, they, they sort of gelled. They've come together. I think that um, this is probably their biggest test anyway. So we'll see, you know, if, if, they can come out and get another shutout as far as sacks, and I think that that's a legitimate statement. Demetrius, uh, I want to thank you again for being as diligent as you were. Demetrius, I exchanging text. He goes, I don't know. We're going to be hit by this arc. I, I hope <laughs> I got Wi-Fi to be able to hop on with you guys. And uh, we tested out everything yesterday, and it worked out good yesterday and perfect today. How has the weather been down there in Jacksonville? It didn't. Did it have any effect, uh, cancellation of practices, indoor practices, uh, the Jags leaving, same time as always. Uh, uh, you guys a little north of where, of course, the hurricane came uh, ashore mm-hmm. in uh, southern Florida. What kind of an effect has it had on your area? Yeah, it, it, it's it's honestly, we were kind of, we're kind of thankful in, in that the path sort of took it um, away from Jacksonville to an extent. You know, obviously the beaches are going to get, uh, rattled and St. Augustine obviously is not going to do that well, but um, for the most part, we've been good. You know, it hasn't really been that much of an impact on us. Thankfully, I think that we're kind of in that little uh, soft spot, I guess you can say for, for hurricane. So um, it's been solid, you know, yesterday, the Jaguars uh, sort of sped up things as far as their practice goes, they tightened the schedule so they can get the players out of there because the, the rain and the wind is, was still, a an, an issue but other other than that it's been pretty good i think that they practice they're practicing normally they're going to practice today um and then they're traveling on saturday so everything's been pretty good over here thankfully well safe journey up here to philadelphia we thank you for coming on for a couple minutes here today you give us some real good insights on the jags enjoy the game on sunday absolutely you, you guys have a good one that is uh, Demetrius Harvey, writes for a couple of publications, including Jacksonville.com uh, down there in Florida. All right, JM, I know you got to head over to uh, Eagles facilities, a uh, bunch of uh, media availabilities today. But we can't let you go before we get you on the record for the upcoming game on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. We're both leaning toward the Eagles getting to 4-0. Uh, I think People can read between the lines of what we've been saying all week. Um, but I need you to officially get on the record for how you think it's going to play on Sunday. Uh, is weather a factor? Um, is this uh, return of Doug Peterson a factor in the way the game actually plays out? It's a factor in us media types and fans talking yeah. about it. But does it have any impact on the game? How does it play out on Sunday, Jags versus Eagles? I do think uh, it's going to be closer than many expect, and at least in Philadelphia. I think, you know, same thing I said with the Lions. I think people don't realize that this is a, a better team. This this might be the best team the Eagles have faced over the first four games, I think, from a, from a talent perspective. I didn't think I'd be saying that. Uh, some guys have turned the corner, starting with Trevor. Uh, Josh Allen is having a really big year. He's playing really well. Uh, Trayvon Walker's hit the ground running. Uh, Lloyd has hit the ground running is in the, you know, he'd probably be the rookie of the year defensively, at least uh, over the first uh, a number of games and small sample size. But, 
They have some good players on on that side. Brandon Sheriff, we just talked about some better. Christian Kirk, people laughed at the contract. They think Demetrius is right. They laughed at the contract, but they forgot he's a good player. He might have got overpaid, but he's a good player, and the Eagles wanted him. Uh, He's a really good player. So he might have gotten overpaid, but that doesn't matter on the field uh, from the perspective of of that aspect, and sometimes you got to pay the tax. Um, So – Jacksonville's getting better and better and better. I do think uh, they still have to learn how to finish games on the road. They're still very young. I think that's going to be an issue. Philadelphia is a very difficult place to play. So I expect the Eagles to win, but not by a lot. I don't think they're going to cover that number. I think it's going to be like a 24-20-ish type of game. And uh, the Eagle fans actually should be thankful that the Jacksonville Jacks did what they did in signing Christian Kirk because if the Eagles had been able yeah. to get him, yeah. they would not have A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown would not be a Philadelphia Eagle right now. That would have been their big offseason wide receiver acquisition, and A.J. Brown would either still be with the Tennessee Titans or would have been traded elsewhere during this offseason. So a tip of the cap, say thank you to the Jags for getting Christian Kirk. Now, you correctly point out he's a good player. He might have gotten a contract that nobody saw coming, but that doesn't mean, oh, my God, this guy stinks. Yeah. No, yeah. he's a talented wide receiver. That's why the Eagles wanted him. You know what he reminds me of? I know this might be a stretch of an analogy. Tobias Harris. I I take more grief from Tobias Harris because he got that mega contract extension. Tobias Harris is a good player. He has a lot yeah. of good games. He helps the 76ers win games. Every once in a while, he throws in a clunker. Oh, my God, how is he a max money player? Well, he probably isn't, but the Sixers decided if they wanted to keep him, they had to pay him. Jacksonville decided if we want to get this guy, we're going to have to overpay him. They did, and he has been the number one receiver for uh, Mr. Lawrence so far, but uh, he'll put the uh, Eagle DBs to a little bit of a test. He is a uh, nice player. I'm leaning toward the Eagles. I'll hold off on my score prediction uh, till, till next hour. Uh, I'm pretty boring so far. I picked Eagles to win all three and cover all. Three. Yeah, so have I. I well, I've been picked them to cover, uh, and I've been wrong. Uh, certainly, uh, the last last well, we, couple. You of and weeks. I had the exact same record. Yeah, three and zero in the picks, two and one on the spreads. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, one of us may go uh, off this week uh, because I think we're going to disagree yeah. on. So it. the haters pick the Eagles to win every week so far, Jody. Yeah, that's you. You and I both have yeah. gone three for three on Eagles winning games. Uh, Johnny's picking the Eagles to win in a close game. I give you my pick in hour number two. And Barrett Brooks is going to hop aboard. He's going to jump into Johnny Max seat as uh, John makes his way over to the Novacare Complex. We've got a good guest coming up next hour in Devin Caney, part of our pregame show here on the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Uh, J-Mac, uh, safe travels. I'll be uh, catching up with you during the weekend, either on uh, Twitter or here or text or on uh, one of the Jacob Media broadcasts. Uh, have a good weekend, buddy. Thanks, Jody. Appreciate it. Macamac guys here on Birds 365. All right, quickie timeout. Come back as I just mentioned. Barrett Brooks going to join me for hour number two. Devin Caney will join us in about 25 minutes here on Birds 365. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. 
Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles You know how to book flights and hotels. 
All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery, go for the win. Go to Ocean. Joined by Barrett Brooks, Johnny Mack running in for media availability for the Eagles on this football Friday. So I get double B here you know for what? my second and final hour. How you doing, big guy? Good, good, good. And you know, um, this is going to be media availability probably for the rest of the year. Now they're into their schedule. So I probably will be hanging out with you on Fridays uh, from, from 9 to 10 from this point on, unless they have, you know, another, you know, a Thursday game or a Friday game or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I guess I got to hang out with you, man. Well, They're creatures yeah. of habit, man. Football players were creatures of habit. You know, you got to get us going. Once you get us going in that one direction, it's hard for us to veer off. So, you know, just just plug on. You will get no complaints from me, my friend. Thank <laughs> you for doing it today and any other future Friday you hop in with me. Um, how many of these future Fridays you and I going to do where the Eagles are undefeated? Well, I don't know, man. I mean, looking at this game, we should be undefeated. I mean, should is is, is not even a strong word. Yes, they had some dominating performances. You know, the last two performances they had is very, very, very good. Uh, if you if you allow me, you know, I'll get into what I'm thinking uh, with this game plan and what they need to do. Please. It's up to you. I know you're, you're the one driving the show. You don't no. you point me in that direction. No, no, like no, I said, no, no, I, I no. go. You want to you you spill your bucket right off the top? Yeah, go ahead. Let's what go. What the hell are the Eagles going to do to win this game on Sunday against the Jaguars? Well, at this point, you know, they already have an established culture. That's number one. But Doug is bringing in a new culture to Jacksonville. They are... A couple of players and a couple year. Well, 
about a half a year away from being a really, really good team. You know, he has a lot of weapons on that team. There's a lot of first round picks that are that are first round picks that are high first round picks. They've been bad for such a long time that they have, you know, probably the most top 10 picks, you know, well, second only to, uh, second and third only to like Cleveland and Jack uh, and the Jets. But as far as first rounders, you know, on their team that are still on their team. A lot of first rounders that are top 10 picks. So they're talented. They have the talent that's there. You know, even their two first rounds this year, Lloyd is playing at an unbelievable level, level and Walker's playing at a, a good level also. But they're still a little young. They still don't quite know how to put everything together. Doug has got them going in the right direction. But one thing I don't think the Eagles will do is downplay how good they are. They're going to have to game plan these guys and understand how to, you know, take advantage of them knowing and understanding and being you know, on their second year under under Nick Sirianni. So when I look at the offensive side of the ball, if I want to say, all right, how is uh, Shane Steichen going to attack this young and explosive and fast defense? Well, what they do up front, and I'm always going to start in the trenches, is they move guys around. They like to slant. They like to um, – they like to run games, you know, ET stunts, meaning the uh, end goes in and the tackle goes around or TE stunts. The tackle goes and picks the tackle and the end goes around and inside and um, and, and uh, through the A gaps. They try to get the offensive alignment on different levels when they're passing the ball. And, you know, that's how they create most of their pressure. I mean, they had what, eight hits. They have nine turnovers because they're so fast and they can penetrate. What you do against a team like that, is take advantage of their their aggressive nature. You run scre- screen plays. You run you run uh, you run plays in which you get them up the field. Trap plays. You run plays that really allow you to take advantage of their upward motion, their upward getting up the field, and and, and make it you know make it a hindrance instead of being a, a strength of them. So when they you run a draw play, get them up the field running. Now you're up on the second level. Guards and tackles up on the second level, blocking the linebackers while they have to retrace and try to go back and get the ball. That's what you do on run plays. I think they need the Eagles need to establish the run. They need to run a lot of zone plays, and they love running the zone play. But when you run zone plays, you don't block men. You block a space. So as they're going right, they're going zone right. We used to call it uh, we just call it a uh, uh, 17, 17 lead or, or, or you know something going to the left or to the right. You make sure that you're blocking a space. So when you're scooping, you're scooping a space. So whoever comes in your space, you block them. And when you do that, if you happen to cut one of those guys off or keep one of those guys from slant or, or, or twisting into the gap they're supposed to be in, it makes a cavernous hole because you stop somebody from getting to their responsibility. So it opens it up. So, I mean, it can be a disadvantage and advantage. This is a big offensive line the Eagles have with the exception of Kelsey. They can move those smaller guys around, but they got to take advantage of their aggressive nature. I was going to say, the way you describe it, that Jacksonville is not only aggressive, they might be over-aggressive and like to play yes. some games up front, which yep. could potentially leave some open holes. The guy who might be able to have a big running day, it sounds to me like, is the quarterback. And Jalen Hurts has not had to run the ball much the last two weeks. We know week one in Detroit, they needed him making the plays yeah, that he did. made with their, with his legs to up and put 38 points up, which they needed because the Lions scored 35 Last couple of weeks, not near as much. You made a couple, but they, they they were just because he got flushed out of the pocket and he turned the ball upfield. There weren't that many designated runs. 
Jalen Hurts' running ability this week against the Jaguars a big part of the Eagle offense, you think? Well, you heard Shane Steichen uh, earlier in the week. That's exactly what he said. He said, well, we're not putting and, – and I love and I love how you, you, know, you look at it. We don't, we don't just go into a game and say, all right, we're going to do this. We're not going to bump our head against the wall if it's not working. We have so many ways in which we can beat you. If you don't want us to run the ball, we can pass it. We'll get it out to AJ. We'll get it out to Devontae. We'll get it to Dallas. We'll get it to our receivers and tight ends. If you don't want us to pass, you want to take the extra defender out of the box and, and, and spread the ball, and you don't want to spread the ball out, then we can go in and pound it with this offensive line. You know, and then we can go out there and say, all right, then if you don't want, if you want to take all that away, how are you going to take our quarterback away? So it'll be a big game for Jalen Hurts if they allow him to run these read options, which are zone plays by nature. So if you run a zone read and the offensive line is running the zone play, there is a lot of opportunity if that end doesn't crash and, 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 it, and the tackle loops around, then it'll be wide open. He just hands the ball off and he, the running back will be bumping his head on the um on the uprights. We just got to make sure we play discipline. And that's what that's exactly what this team has been doing and how they've been approaching the game. They're approaching the game, crossing their own T's and dotting their own I's. And that's how you become a, a, a big-time player. The year I won the Super Bowl, you know, the, the fact those two years, it was supposed to be an all-Pennsylvania Super Bowl the year before Super Bowl, Super Bowl 39 when the Eagles were in it. It was supposed to be Pittsburgh and the Eagles, you know, but we lost to the eventual um, Patriots cheating. Uh, oh. all started, you know what I'm saying, with our game in, in, uh, in the championship game. But, you know, I digress. You know, they won. They were the better team. I was mad at my team because we didn't cheat well enough. You know what I mean? We couldn't cheat as good as they could. But um, you know, when I when I watch this 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 offense, there's so many ways in which they can beat you. But you know, I don't think it's one of those things, you know, you're a jack of all, oh, master of none. You know what I'm saying? I just think that they understand their strengths. And they know their strength is in the quarterback's ability to do whatever you need him to do to win the game. And that's exactly what Jalen does. He needed to run for 90 yards the first game against the Detroit Lions. So he did it. The second game, he needed to be um he needed to be more more even killed. He he needed we needed to disperse the ball out. We need to make sure that we we could do everything. So he scored a touchdown in that game with his legs and also threw for a touchdown. You know, he only had probably what 60 60 yards or something like that in the second game. Then the third game against Washington we needed his arm, so he went out there and used his arm. He is very inept at, 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 at um, very adaptive, not inept, very adaptive on how he approaches the game. And Shane Steichen understands these traits that he has in him and is willing to nurture whatever it is. So he's not saying, all right, I don't want you to be a running quarterback. I want you to be the quarterback this team needs at that point, and, and Jalen can do all of them. And he and Shane Steichen seem to be on the exact same page right, right. now. We'll see if that qual- uh, carries over to week number four. All right, Barrett, I know every time you come on and join me, uh, you do what you do every single day here on uh, Sports Steak Show and do a great job. Thank but you, I, like, I like to tap into your former player uh, knowledge. From time to time, I either uh, with tongue implanted in cheek or directly 
question the Eagles with their practice routines. I, uh, I'm an old school guy who believes that to get better, you need to work at it. You need to put time and effort in. Uh, and too much rest and too much protection can lead to not being 100% up to speed on a Sunday. Hadn't hurt the Eagles at all this year. I'm looking pretty stupid because the Eagles are 3-0. and And I'm questioning <laughs> the fact that they, they, they under-practice. But, and I know it was a while ago when you played, but yourself, your teammates and the like, just specific, like a, a week this week, like for Boston Scott, he's not going to get a chance to practice. He's got the rib stuff, uh, no no commitment yet as to whether he will or won't be in the lineup on Sunday. Better be a great for, game for him, too. And, yeah, Boston could be a contributor this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, better for a guy because you're not putting – you're more well-rested – uh, if you don't get the work in, do you feel that you missed out on something and might not be up to speed on a Sunday? I know there are so many different variables. You can't give me a definitive answer, but I'm just looking for a general answer. Easier, harder, get less practice reps in during the week. Let's talk about specifically this juncture of the season, because that's another variable depending on where you are in the season. A month into the season, Better to be well-rested or you'd rather be out there getting reps and any kind of injury you have that keeps you out of the lineup is something that makes it tougher on Sunday. You know, it's so hard for me to to really um, say what they're doing is not working because it's working. I mean, they're, they're going out there. They're still playing well. They can be physical when they need to be physical. But I was under the, I'm always under the pressure that you – in order to play football, you got to play football to get better at football. But I also come from – the school of, of, of thought where I've seen guys that never practice and would go out and ball like Marvell Smith starting left tackles uh, to start left tackle for, you know, the Steelers when I was playing there, Marvell had, um, he had a, a disc in his neck that was messed up. So whenever he hit it, he'd get a bad stinger. He couldn't even move his upper body. So he never practiced during the week. He would just run and do all that stuff during the week. He'd go through the walkthroughs. He'd do everything, but go on 907. He, he, he'd do a pass rushing drill every once in a while, but he never would practice for the entire season. But he'd go out on game day and ball out because he knew, number one, he had to be in shape, number two, that the team needed him. Marvell never practiced, but, hey, he went out there and played masterfully anytime he was out there. Um, another player that never practiced was, you know, a guy like, you know, well, Troy always practiced, but um, there are other guys that, that didn't practice a lot. You know, a um, uh, guy like Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward didn't have any – he didn't have any ACLs. So a lot of the times, you know, his body would be beat up so he wouldn't practice. But he'd still go out there when we weren't hitting and, and, and run routes and, you know, things of that nature. But he played on Sunday. So they have a they have a pretty good sense of who needs to sit down and who doesn't. I don't know who's making the decisions. I know it's not Howie, but I know it's not the coaching staff. And I know it, it, it might be, how you know, you know, analytics. I don't know what it is they're doing, but they're doing a great job at it. And usually when you talk about a team going into the season, it's not to the fourth game that you gain their identity on who they are and what they do best. But this Eagles team is showing the capacity to go out there and do a lot of things good. So I still don't know what they are as a team. Another guy I always used to remember flowing into that category that you were describing. Didn't practice, didn't defect. Steve McNair, when he was in the league, 
Never practice. He never <laughs> every single day. Steve McNair held out of practice. Steve, he's a doubtful. Don't know if he's going to be able to go. And they go out Sunday and throw for three hundred yards and run right. yards. <laughs> right. just, you, you just threw out any information you had on Steve McNair as to whether he. Irvin Fryer was the same way. Irvin Fryer was the same way. Irv, Irv would wouldn't practice at all, but he always stayed in supreme. Even now, he looks like he can still play. You know, he's like almost sixty years old. He looks like he can still go out there and run a four three forty like he did. Uh, going to Nebraska, first the first pick in the draft, but he never he never practiced, but he he always went out there and had a great great game. Michael Zordich, same way, really. Yeah, Penn State Michael Zordich. He, I don't remember him he, as a non practicer. I remember Zordich. I don't remember uh, being a guy who was better to not practice. Yep, uh, yep. So, but he always is a gamer. Always a gamer. Fuller was the same way. William All Fuller right. was. One more uh, question for you on the. From the former player perspective, and then uh, our very own Devin Kane, he's going to jump aboard with us. Um, playing against a former coach, either he left your organization or you left the organization that you were with, and you're coming back to play. Uh, you had a good relationship with the guy, maybe you had some success with the guy, either team or individual. How much does that play in your mind leading up to the game? Or is it something you can just turn off like a faucet? Hey, it's just, it's my team now against this other team. Doesn't matter that I used to play. It doesn't matter I used to play against the coach. I'm specifically asking about the coach's question. How much does it play in the back of a player's mind leading into that type of a matchup? Yeah, it, it actually does play a lot into um, how a player works, how a player's, you know, how a player thinks, you know, going into a game. This is his, his, his old team, uh, his old coach, or it might be his old team. I can remember the first time I came back and played against the Eagles. You know, I wanted to go out there, even though I knew all those guys and, you know, they were my friends and, you know what I'm saying, we, we talked. But, you know, in between those lines and in between the whistles, you know, we weren't friends. But you always wanted to, to, to play at the highest level when you're playing against people that, you know, you played against, you played with, you know, or, or you, you, you know intimately. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew the organization as a whole for the Eagles intimately because I got drafted by them. But – we didn't have the same coach, so I mean, it was a different mindset. But I always wanted to ball out against them. You know what I'm saying? My former teams. I always wanted to ball out against them. Um, Doug comes in here. Those players respect him. But please believe they're going to go out there with an attitude that, all right, we, you know, you're our boy, but we want to show you, you know what I'm saying, this is the better team. So they're still going to have a chip on their shoulder also. Yes, Doug will have the Rock of Gibraltar on his shoulder. And he was unceremoniously, you know, dismissed, fired, and, and or cut, whatever you want to call it, and he had to lead the team for something that, you know, Nick Sirianni was able to do. He wanted to have the time to pick his team, meaning pick some players, meaning pick his coaches, and they told him no, but yet they let Nick Sirianni come in and pick his coaches and have some say-so in his players. So if the, 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 the organization learned from that, but it was a day late and a dollar short for Doug. You know, he tried to tell him that, hey, you know, Carson wasn't a good guy. He wasn't good for this organization. He wasn't good for me as a, as a coach, to, you know, and, and they didn't listen to him, let him go, and still ended up letting Carson go. So, Car I mean, Nick's, Nick is, is, is kind of feeling some sort of way also. Nick is like, all right, then this is the guy that I replaced. You know what I'm saying? Everybody loves him. So I know I got to make sure that I go out there and crush him, crush him. And he raised all doubt that I am the primary candidate, the best candidate for this job. 
mean, there's so much, you know, snake oil being sold to all these players and coaches and everything else. You know what I'm saying? They're mad. You know, everybody wants to make sure that, uh, all right, I was the best choice. This is best for me. And uh, look how I ended up. You know, look what I just did to you. This is a, it's going to be a lot of, yeah, see what I did to you going on on Sunday. Should be fun. Uh, you did it on the NFL level, the highest <laughs> level I ever did it on was Division Three as a basketball player, not a football player. I remember though in high school playing against a guy that I played for during summer leagues yes, against yes. my usual high school coach. I probably played harder that game than any game I played. Yes, all year long. exactly. Because exactly. I was out there to impress two coaches, yep. my current coach <laughs> and my former coach. I wanted to show them both. All right, know. I can play a little bit. So <laughs> I expect some of these uh, ex Doug Peterson Eagles to show up big for the current Nick Sirianni Eagles. Absolutely. On Absolutely. All right, Barrett Brooks in for Johnny Mack. Coming up next, we will join be joined by our very own. Uh, one of the co-hosts of the Eagles post-game show, live from Oceans on Sundays, this week Sunday at 1, actually 4, because the post-game show comes on afterwards. Uh, doing some work for WIP these days as well. Devin Caney's going to jump aboard here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Bird. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. 
Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Bird 365 on a football Friday. Tyler Brooks in for uh, Johnny Mack. Uh, we've got an hour left to play here, and we're going to spend a good chunk of it with our next guest. We've never had the pleasure of having her on Birds 365. You've seen her plenty here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, specifically on the Eagles postgame show. We're glad to have her with us here on Birds 365, Devin Caney. Devin, appreciate you coming on board. How the hell have you not been on the show so far? I don't know. I was just going to say, I mean, I'm honored. Thank you for having me on. But, like, guys, been waiting on my invite. Well, hey, I'm saying, I'm, I'm not one of the Macs. I'm Barrett. Even though me and Mac have the same haircut, I'm not him. I'm Barrett. What's up? What's up, man? How you doing, Devin? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm ready, ready for uh, hopefully another Eagles win. Now only undefeated team in the league, which I can't believe. Um so, yeah, doing good on this Friday morning. How are you guys? Very good. Um, Can't wait. Can't wait. You mentioned the uh, Eagles undefeated. So that means you've had three victorious postgame shows to do so far. We'll see if you get a fourth one this Sunday. What's been the most fun about uh, getting together with the guys on Eagles postgame show so far? Oh, it's been a blast so far. I mean, this Eagles season as a whole has been has been fun just watching them win. I know it's been only, what, three games, but I've had the most fun watching the Eagles than I've had since, what, 2017, 2018 season. I don't want to jinx it by saying that. Um, but it's been a blast going down to Atlantic City. You know, we get to do the show from the gallery in Ocean Casino Resort, which is amazing. Uh, it is. It's really nice. It's really, really, really nice. nice. Um, for me personally, uh, they hooked me up with the best sponsor ever in Mark's Jewelers. So I get to do a diamond debate segment, which means that every Sunday uh, or Monday night, I'm given a different piece of jewelry from Mark's Jewelers. Uh, and it's it's a lot of bling. So it's been fun for me to rock that and, and kind of do <laughs> segment. Sometimes I'm like, this is too much responsibility, though. Like, you guys are really trusting me to wear this $50,000 necklace. Like, I don't know if I would do that, but I'll take it. No question. No question. You know, working with, um, working with, with I, I work with Seth for the past six years. Um, he's one of those guys that, you know, you, 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 you got to know what's going on, you know, and he's very passionate about his Eagles, too. How is it working with Seth? You know, because I mean, I've, I worked with the other two before also, but Seth has always been a guy that, you know, we're well respected as far as our football knowledge, but he's more of, I'm the glass um, half full, he's the glass half empty. How's it work for Seth? Like working with Seth that way? Uh, it's amazing. Okay. So I mean this in the best way, Seth, if you're watching, if you're listening, he is the most intimidating person I've ever met. In my life. <laughs> oh, um, I can and- see that. Yes. I, I'll, I'll second that motion. Right. But in a good way, like he has the most, he's so knowledgeable and I always kind of have a pinch me moment because we watch the game uh, in like a private room upstairs at the gallery and just hearing his commentary throughout the game. I'm like, how lucky am I? Like I'm literally sitting in a room and Seth Joyner's breaking down the game, pointing out things that I wouldn't have noticed. Um, And same with D-Gun and Mike Missinelli, like these guys are just seeing things that it's really enlightening and I'm learning so much from them. Um, 
but he's been great. Like, I think a lot of people ask me, they're like, how, like, aren't you nervous or, or scared? And like, yes, Seth Joyner is an intimidating uh, human in general. I mean, he played in the NFL, of course, but um, they're all so nice and respectful. And yeah, that gives it's been a the pleasure. persona's yeah. there. The persona's there. But once, you know, once, you know, the camera's off. Yeah. One of the nicest guys in the world. Very personable guy. You really get to know. And when he really gets comfortable with, with you, then he starts to really growl. He starts talking about, you know, Gannon will never. I mean, they'll go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do is, like, to try to make Seth smile, whether it's right. on the air or off. Like, I tried it for six win. years. I tried it for six years. It just didn't work. I tried for six yeah, years. Yeah. I think These I've gotten like glimpses. Yeah. I've gotten like a soft smile, like no teeth yet, but maybe a little chuckle here and there. I'm like, yes. Good luck with that one, Devin. All right. Uh, here's where I want to take you next. Know you're uh, busy and, and popular on social media, doing shows on WIP as well now these days. So you're interacting with Eagle fans. Mm -hmm. Eagle Nation with Jalen Hurts. Certainly, he was one of those guys who there was split opinions. Some had already made him as good as Patrick Mahomes, and others had said, this guy's got no chance. We're wasting our time. Why don't we get our next future quarterback ready to go? Well, he's played a lot closer to Mahomes than he is. We need to move on from Jalen Hurts. But you get the feedback from uh, Eagle fans. Mm -hmm. How much has he actually moved the needle? To those who were somewhere in the middle between this guy stinks, we got to get rid of him. This guy's going to be our quarterback for the next decade. How good has he been in your eyes? And how much do you think he's changed Eagle fans' opinion with the way that he's played first three games? So I think it's interesting for the first time in a, a long time, maybe ever, I feel like the national media is more in on Jalen Hurts than Philadelphia is on Jalen Hurts yet. Um, and I think my point of view kind of falls somewhere in the middle. I think it's still a little too early to say like, yes, he's the guy I want to see if he can be consistently good throughout this season. Cause it has only been three games. Um, and I don't, we don't know just like exactly how good the Vikings are. We know the commanders aren't good. Um, that's not to take away from his performance. I think he's been incredible. I am, he's doing exactly what I wanted him to do. He is Proving a lot of people wrong, which we love to see. I know Jalen Hurts loves proving people wrong. Um, he's clearly done the work. He is such a leader on and off the field. Like, I want him to be the guy. I think Philadelphia is just so jaded still from what went down with Carson Wentz, what went down with the last regime, uh, WP coming back to Philly on Sunday, of course, that we don't want to, like, jump the gun, at least for me, and be like, Yes, he's the guy. Let's go all in on him just yet. But I'm so happy for Jalen Hurts. I mean, NFC Player of the Month, like, he deserves all of the credit that he's he's being given. I think Philadelphia fans, as you guys know, are just a little bit, um, I don't know, hesitant to, to go all in just yet. That's because we're so used to having September Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, we've only had one Super Bowl at the end that we've mm -hmm. won. So I think that's what it is. Very cautious, you know. I mean, like I was all in on the Phillies. I was just and, gonna say, like, look at the Phillies that we have trust they're, issues. Like, they're, can they're, you blame us? Exactly, they're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. You know, but um, the one thing that one thing that I do know about this team is that they're they're taking care of business as far as them their in house stuff. You know, they're crossing their own T's, they're dotting their own eyes, which has allowed them to be a more fundamental fundamental team. And when you're fundamentally sound, you know it. it it, it usually takes over as far as, you know, on the field, because a lot of the times you may have more gifted athletes on the other side of the ball, 
But if you cross your T's and dot your I's, you play more disciplined football, you usually beat those type of teams because they're not disciplined. They don't understand. And this is a culture in which Nick Sirianni has bred into his guys. You know, these guys are, you know, want to cross their teams out there. After their self-evaluation is so keen, I mean, even with, with, with Jalen Hurts. And I think that's a part of what their makeup is. Jalen Hurts and the way he is perfect for Nick Sirianni, what he's trying to do. But being fundamental, and they've always left a lot of meat on the bone, this is just a great situation for them, I see, because you got such a disciplined guy at the head position mm-hmm. and at the quarterback position, then another guy at the top, you know, with, with Nick Sirianni, that he breathes that into him, you know. I mean, as they go forward, you know, do you think they have this same success going forward because of this? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you bring up Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts because uh, I was actually talking about this yesterday with someone where not a Philly fan – was like, well, like I still, I think we all still like and and respect what Doug Peterson did for the city of Philadelphia for the Eagles, like got us a Super Bowl. Um, but they were like, well, I mean, you guys just hired Doug Peterson 2.0 and Nick Sirianni. They're the same exact coach. And I, I completely disagree with that. I think Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts clearly have that locker room. They have the respect of the players, of Jalen Hurts, of his teammates which I, I don't think we all know, like Carson Wentz, especially by the end of his time in Philly, did not have the locker room. It was fractured. And you see how that plays out on the field. I love the way Nick Sirianni coaches this team. I think he's the perfect balance of, you know, being disciplined and, and hard and tough on his players when he needs to be, but then also being, you know, a player's coach. Let me ask you about the current Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff, one coach in particular, okay. as we were just talking about, relationships and Mm -hmm. how much guys value their coaches and work for their coaches, want to go out and win for their coaches. Mm -hmm. What do you think the relationship is between Jonathan Gannon and his defense right now? (laughs) Second year, turned over some talent, some guys here before Gannon, now since Gannon played for defensive guys. If we're going to do as much of a deep dive on relationship between coaches and players, what would you say the level is right now between Gannon and his defensive players? You know, that's interesting because we've been so critical, especially me. I have, I don't know, Rob Ellis uh, calls it the Gann wagon, and I've definitely not gone off <laughs> the Gann wagon just yet, despite their performance uh, in the last few games. I've never really thought about the players' relationship with him, though. Um Because I, I think a lot of the performance that we saw in the Vikings game I kind of chalked up less to to scheme and more to the players just like balling out and, and being talented. Like Darius Slate just went off on Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that he's a respected coach. Like I, I like Jonathan Gannon as a person. I think he's just frustrating sometimes. Um, so what, you brought up Seth Joyner earlier. Watching with him, he brings up a really interesting point, and that is he watches the body language of the guys on defense and if they're communicating with each other, uh, in particular, like the linebackers, kind of seeing what's going on on the offensive side and rearranging and adjusting to that. And last season, they weren't doing that as much as they clearly are this season, and it's working. Again, I don't know if that's to, to Jonathan Gannon's credit or, you know, players just clicking and maybe the chemistry is there with the communication and body language between the defense, but um, I, I would assume that they're they're fine with Jonathan Gannon. Seth Joyner isn't though. Can confirm that. And I don't know if I'm fully on the camera. <laughs> well, you know what? It, Seth is one of those guys that you know. Since he's not the coach, I don't think that he could coach these modern day NFL football players because 
you know, we're from the school of, of, of art. You, you, you're told to do it. And we're going to trust that you're telling and leading us the right way because we don't have a problem with coming back and telling you, hey, that was wrong and that's messed up. But these new athletes are, right, they want to know why. Well, mm-hmm. we're just saying, because I told you so. You know what I'm saying? Because I said why. Because I know what I'm talking about. And you're trying to learn what I'm trying to give you. Mm-hmm. It's just a different way of thinking these days. But, you know, you're right. You know, I do see what Seth is talking about. The communication, they, they're starting to get better. The first game against Detroit, there wasn't a lot of conversation uh, conversation back there. And they needed that because C.J. Garner-Johnson didn't know the defense. Now they're starting to click for him because he now knows his run fits. He mm-hmm. knows where he's supposed to be at. So you see that. Does he like uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson? Is, is that is that a guy that he thinks is good for this defense? From what it, you know. For, uh, who? Oh, Seth Joyner? Yeah. I thought you were talking about Jonathan Gannett at first. I'm like, I no, no. I <laughs> I, forget Jonathan. I'm on Seth. That's Seth <laughs> Seth's my dog. You know, I know Seth. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think so. I mean, you know, Seth is usually watching more the the defensive line um, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. so than than the secondary. I love C.J. Gardner Johnson, especially now that I know how to say his name properly. It was there <laughs> first. Um, you know, in Philly, we love the mouthy players. We love the guys who aren't afraid to kind of talk back and have that swagger, that attitude. Um, and he's clicked with the defense so fast. Like he came in and and I was not worried for one second that he would take a, a lot of time to adjust to, to this defensive scheme. So I'm a fan of him. Um, yeah, Seth, Seth usually focuses more on what's happening on, like, the line up, up front. Now, here's the uh, Seth Joyner question and all Seth Joyner questions. Mm. Edwards, linebacker, Seth's position, the, the position he knows better than any other because he played it dominantly in the league for a year. He's been dynamite the first three weeks of the season. Mac and Mac, uh, my buddy Johnny Mac and I are both big Edwards fans. I was the first one to say last year they should give him a contract extension. They did, only for one year. Howie, you should have got about three or four years. You wouldn't have to worry about it now this offseason. But Edwards has been dynamite the first three weeks. Has Seth, as good a linebacker critic as there is, bought into Edwards being one of the better middle linebackers in the league? Yes, I think as far as uh, praise goes with Seth Joyner, he's given Edwards the most praise possible in terms of Joyner words. Um, but I mean, how can you not be a fan of, of TJ Edwards and what he's done so far this season? Like, it's been so long since the Eagles have even had linebackers that you mm-hmm. see being somewhat productive out on the field. So I love to see it. Um, I love what Edwards has done. I love, I like watching the defense improve is enough for me to to kind of start to buy into Jonathan Gannon, um, you know, just seeing that improvement, especially from the Lions game one, when, when we were all kind of freaking out that they allowed the Lions to put up 35 points. And then now we see what the Lions have gone on to do. It makes me feel a little bit better about what we did in that first game. Um, now I think we just need defense to continue what they're doing and the offense to put up more points in the second half. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm But I am thinking about, you know, Nick Sirianni and Doug facing off. What do you think the reception is? You know, how, how is Nick going to talk about this? Because they're going to give him a standing ovation. Hell, his, his, his statue is out front. Mm-hmm. How do you that think he's never Nick's... seen, apparently? Yeah, Come on, now. I was that there was for a year. <laughs> the semantics, I don't want to, yeah, but you know, seriously, you know, the reception he's going to get. Mm-hmm. How do you think Nick Sirianni is going to feel about that? Because, I mean, he's, he's going to. I think it's going to be off the chain. I mean, it's going to be a roar. It's going to, you know, everybody's going to say, hey, Doug, we love you, you know what I'm saying? But then they'll get to business. But how do you think he's going to deal with that? 
I think he'll be okay with it. You know, Nick Sirianni. I wouldn't. A, a I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No, that's just like that's like you know, uh, if it's my ex girlfriend coming to town, you know, what I'm saying I'm 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 not going to be cheering her on. No, uh, you know. Yeah, Philly has really seen a lot of their exes recently. Yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. And it's funny to see the different reactions to all the different exes. Like Doug Peterson's the ex that we're like still in good standing with, you know. Right. Like, <laughs> we wish them well. <laughs> Carson's a bad ex. We, we don't yeah. like him at all. Oh, no, not at all. Carson and us did not part on. But yeah, then we we got the upper hand in that Carson uh, breakup. No sure. question. No question. Um, you know, so I agree, actually. Like, if I was Nick Sirianni, I would be pretty, I don't know if jealous is the right word, but like. It'd be a little bit of that in there. I'd be a little yeah. green. I'd be a little pissed off, too. Yeah. I, I might have said something about it. It's like, if you if you think about it in terms of exes, it's like, okay, well, I'm the current one. Like, I can respect her for him for what, what, you know, he did. He brought his Super Bowl to Philly. Like, maybe I want to try to emulate that. Like, maybe I, maybe it would be more motivation for me to try to bring another Super Bowl to be that revered in Philadelphia. I I want my guys to go, yeah. Nick Sirianni's a competitor. Like, I think if anything, it'll just add more fire to to his game plan. Like, he's going to want to get a win as always, but maybe it'll give him a little extra push. Exactly. And if I'm Nick Sirianni, for the first 30 seconds when I introduce Doug Peterson, he's going to get all the love. Mm. The next 59 minutes plus, everybody's going to be rooting for you, Nick. So don't sweat it, buddy. You compare the two. Amount of time, uh, the the fans will be backing you. You're going to have a massive win over Doug Peterson. All right. Last thing, Deb. Two-point question would take them in stages. First, number one. Are the Eagles going to 4-0? We're coming full circle. Uh, The first question I asked you and how easy and or difficult this is going to be, how close is it going to be, or you got the Eagles coming up on the short end of the stick, first first loss of the year. How do you see it playing Sunday? I I think the Eagles have to lose eventually. I think that they win this game, but it's going to be closer than we want it to be. Um, the Jags defense stacks up really well against the Eagles offense. They have the best rushing defense in the league right now. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to have to put the ball in the air a lot. So a lot of it's going to come down to how well Jalen Hurts plays, how well and accurately he can throw the ball, how well he can see the field on Sunday. Um, Doug Peterson is also, I know it's a totally different coaching staff, but like he's familiar with Philly. He's familiar with the fans, like the home field advantage thing probably isn't a factor, at least in Doug Peterson's mind, uh, coming into the link on Sunday. Um, I said before the season started, he's the perfect coach for Trevor Lawrence. And we're seeing that like this Jags team should be taken seriously. Um, the Eagles don't have that short turnaround like they had going into last Sunday's game. And if we see them put together a full four quarters, which we haven't fully seen yet. And I know the last two have been blowouts, so it's okay. It's easier to swallow, but we do need to see that against this Jags team. Uh, I think the Eagles can get a win, but it'll be a close one for sure. Fair enough. All right. And if they do win, which you're leaning toward them winning, I'm leaning toward them winning. Johnny Mack is leaning toward them winning. Barrett isn't on the record yet, but uh, listening to what he said so far here, I think we're across the board believing the Eagles are going to win yep. on Sunday. Um, if they're 4-0 and they're the only 4-0 team in the National Football League, they are officially the hunted. They are no longer the hunters. They are no longer the team 
the little engine that could. Mm -hmm. They can try and go there, but it doesn't watch when you're the only undefeated team in the NFL. Are they built to do that? To be the team playing from in front, to be the team that everybody's gunning for because they've got the best record in the National Football League. Well, from what we've seen throughout last season and this season, like they're not a team that comes back from being down. So I'll take being ahead, whether it's in a record or in an individual game. Uh, but how crazy is it? Like even last night after the Dolphins lost and like, yeah, I, it's almost hard to celebrate the Eagles being the only undefeated team left in the league after what happened to Tua last night. But like, uh, no, it's, it's insane. Like I'm still, I woke up this morning. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm looking at my notes where it still says Eagles, one of two undefeated teams in the league. I'm like, how did we get here? Like who would have thought Eagles would be the only undefeated team. Um, but it's scary, you know, going back to what I said earlier in the show, we're not used to that here in Philadelphia. So I think if we can kind of just like, temper our expectations at least for me like be cautiously optimistic we'll be okay and keep Jalen Hurts healthy please that's the biggest thing right there stay healthy and I think they'll be okay you know I know I know they'll be okay um just like I said I mean I've been on the record of saying look when I sat back and I, I after the Detroit game I said look for, it doesn't matter who these guys play next it could have been it could have been the Bills they would have beat the Bills on the second game after the performance they had against Detroit, mm. you know, because from a man to a man, everybody's like, look, we, we played atrocious. We still won the game, but we didn't play right. I mean, I, the offensive line coach went off. Those guys played better. The corners and, and safeties didn't tackle well. They went off the next game, shut down the best receiver in the league. It's just they cross their T's and dot their I's, and I love the fact that this team is built like that. They take care of their own house, and then they worry about going into – and, and, and playing a game on Sunday. Yeah, what was the quote that um, so who went off on Jalen Hurts's quote? Like we don't like adjust to the temperature; we set the thermometer or something. Yes, like, that's that's great, right there. Yeah, I definitely yeah. <laughs> just butchered his quote, but you know what I mean. I loved hearing that, and I think that as long as they set the temperature, like they're the ones kind of deciding the game and how it's going to play out, uh, they're going to keep winning. Like yep. this team is talented, and we love to see it. No, I, I lied. I got one more question for you. <laughs> Do you know what bling you will be sporting for Mark Jewelers on Sunday? Or do you not know like everybody else and have to wait till Sunday to find out? I actually don't know. So last week I texted uh, Joe, the, the head of the postgame show, and he told me, because I need to plan ahead. Like, I need to adjust what Ooh. I'm wearing. It depends. Like, <laughs> more big hoop earrings. So, like, the neckline matters. Uh, so thank you for reminding me. I'm going to shoot a text over to him. Sometimes I'm surprised, and sometimes uh, I get to know ahead. So we'll see. And everyone will know as of Sunday when they tune in here for the Eagles postgame show on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And certainly Devin will be a big part of it. Thanks for being a part of our show today, Dev. We'll get you back on again soon enough. Thanks, dear. Of course. Thanks, guys. Bye. Have a good one, Dev. Devin Caney here with us on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac coming back. Oh, no, uh, Barrett Brooks in for Johnny Mac. Damn, you're bigger than him. How did I even make that mistake? It's the, it's just the, it's the haircut, bigger, man. That's the only difference. The, the Hairline haircut, the same. <laughs> skin tone may be a little different. The beard a little fuller. Damn, how did I screw that up? Uh, we'll come back with Double B. I'll get him on the record official prediction on the game, Jags and Eagles. I'll give you my score as well. Coming back here on Birch 365. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 
58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. down the home stretch we're putting a bow on the show looking forward to the jags and the eagles on sunday i said this earlier in the week uh, barrett uh turn back the clock to april when the nfl comes out with the schedule for every single team and we all go immediately to the printer and hit us copy and get out our pen and or pencil and put w l w w l w w w and like I said, some in pen, some in, in pencil, because you're not 100% sure. Right, we right. Went, <laughs> we went to pen home week four against the Jaguars. Well, of course, that's a W. It's in our house. Right, right. The Jags right. are the Jags. They've had the number one pick overall two years running. This is a layup. Well, it's not as much a layup as we thought. The Jaguars have played some pretty damn good football the first three weeks. And two and one there in first place in their division, and then you have the whole subtext of Dougie P coming back to the link 
it's not going to be an easy game. I don't think the Eagles dominate like they did either of the last two weeks. Let's be honest. They dominated the Vikings at home. They dominated the commanders down in D.C., which was kind of like a home game. You have two ways to uh, determine that. Number one is just your overall vision of the way the game goes after it's finished and over and done with. And there's also the score, the final score. Sometimes they don't always go hand in hand. So I need you to give me both the final score and the way you think the game is going to be played. Sometimes there's some late score. Like the Eagles were dominating the Lions until the Lions got two late touchdowns. Well, guess what? That counted. When, when the Eagles had to run out the clock with four minutes to go, that's a close game. There's no denying it, even though at one point you probably felt like, ah, this one's over. Um, how did the Jags and the Eagles play out on Sunday at the link? Well, honestly, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I uh, I had that I had them going um, after four games, three and one, and I actually thought that um, you know, just being honest, you know, I'm, I'm call a spade a spade. I thought them going up. I thought that that that, that the Washington team would be a lot better than what they are. You know, what I'm saying defensively, I thought they'd be a lot better than what they are, but they turned out being the um, you know. A terrible team so you know I thought that was a team we might have lost you know Carson played out of his mind because he you know wanted to get back at us well you know we're three and oh right now going into this game I thought that this wouldn't be a game would be close because I you know they're, they're Jacksonville but here we are uh, a Jacksonville team is playing up to expectations now that I see Dougie P now I see everybody I see everybody saying oh this team is good yeah yeah we also have to, you know, we can't downplay this Chargers team that they played, you know, the other day. That Chargers team is not the same Chargers team that people are, are thinking they are. You know, you look at the list of – the laundry list of guys they have hurt at this time. Keenan Allen didn't play. Their best receiver. Corey Lindsey, the starting center, didn't play. They've got a lot of guys out. J.C. Jackson did not play. Their star corner they got from uh, New England. They have so many. Uh, their, their starting tackle, uh, Slater, is on IR. They had so many guys. Jalen um, Guyton, Guyton, he's their speed receiver. He's their deep threat. He's on IR. That's Joey Bosa is now on IR. He got hurt during the game. During the game. So this team that they face is like half math. Then, then you look at their quarterback. Has broken ribs. How effective do you think Justin Herbert could be throwing the ball? He could barely run in the game he played in. So this is what, you know, this is – I'm, I'm tempering my expectations on how they're going to enter this game because that was not the same Chargers team that we thought that we were going to see in the beginning of the year. It's not the same Chargers team that I see – I saw beat up on the Raiders, you know, in the first week. So, you know, yes, they beat a Chargers team, but it was a Chargers team going good. But you can only play who you play. So they went out there and took care of business. I'm cool with that. But at the end of the day, this is not the Eagles team there that, you know, that that the Chargers are. They're going into a healthy, this is a healthy Eagles team, number one, a confident Eagles team, number two, an Eagles team that likes to play fundamental, fundamentally sound football, want to beat you up, number three. So when you put all those things together, to me, it leads to an Eagles victory. By how be many? Easy. Give, give me a score here, Big B. 20, I'm going. I'm going 28, 28-21. 28-21. Right. In fact, I'm gonna write my. I gotta write my prediction too. This is gonna be 28-21. Eagles win. 
They finally go into the second half, dominate the same. In fact, the first half, it'll probably be close. In fact, I can see Jacksonville even winning going into uh, halftime. Then the Eagles come out, take care of business, uh, get up on them, on, you know, get up on them, and then from that point on, lead the game. You know, they lead the rest of the game. I'm this will give... be a hard-fought game. They'll get that that initial surge from Jacksonville is going to be incredible. As long as they can weather that storm, they'll be fine going in and win the game 28-21. If Doug wins the coin flip, uh, excuse me, uh, then you know he's going to defer. If Sirianni wins the coin flip, he's going to defer because that's what the National Football League – these are two yeah. analytical guys. Somebody's going to get that first touchdown. It's going to tick off the other team's fan base. I give the uh, Jags a little more credit for last week's win against the Chargers. Yeah, they got injury issues and they got itch. They didn't just beat them. They crushed them. Yeah, they beat yeah. them up pretty damn bad. So that's yep. why I'm not shortchanging the Jags. But I'm also picking the Eagles. I think it goes a little differently than the way you're laying it out. I think they will do scoring in the second half. I think they will open up the lead a little bit in the second half, maybe be up by a touchdown, do that four-minute offense thing, only this time with six minutes to go. And if they get stopped, <laughs> got to add a field goal, which will be nice. Fourth quarter points are nice. See, yep. as they got none so far this year. Even if it's a late field goal, just to stretch out the lead a little bit, I'm looking at Eagles 30, Jaguars 20. There you go. There so you if, go. You're, if you're looking at the uh, numbers for the wagering purposes, he gives a six and a half point favorite. Yes, I think they cover. That's three straight weeks I picked them to win and cover. And toward the under over. Last week, I was wrong about this. I thought Carson Wentz was going to do more and put up more points. So I thought it was an over game. It was not because Carson did diddly squad. Thanks, right, big guy. Right. Um, I think this one's over too. The number's uh, pretty high, 45 and a half. I'm not a strong overplay, but if I got to play it, I think they get a late field goal. So I think they're already at 47 to begin with. So that just jumps it up to 50. I will go with the uh, over as well. But uh, Very both... good, talented quarterback, man. You know, this is Trevor Lawrence has been, he's like he was bred to be this quarterback since he was, since Pop Warner football, he's been the number one or number two quarterback, him and Fields, him and Justin Fields were number one, number two throughout their career and, and Pop Warner high school to college and now in the NFL. They, you know, they were one number one, number two, all the way up until they got drafted. Yeah, but he still reminds me of the quarterback from Remember the Titans. Yeah. Boy, that, that, guy, that guy was left-handed and, and Trevor <laughs> is right-handed, but uh, he, he might be pretty sweet. Sweetness against the Eagles this weekend. Put up some numbers, but he's not getting a win. Barrett's right. got the Eagles winning 28-21. Johnny Mack had him winning by six. Well, shoot, how can I forget Johnny Mack's score? He just gave it to me an hour ago. But he had the Eagles winning but not covering. Uh, I do have the Eagles winning and covering 30-20. to 20. Well, Barrett, uh, also. have a good one uh, later on this afternoon. Tell your yes, boys, D-Gun, Rob Ellis, we send our regards. Our pleasure. Barrett Brooks will be stepping in uh, a bunch of times during the year when Johnny Max got to get out of here on a Friday. Uh, you know you've got all the action rest of the day here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel and then uh, all the Eagles stuff on Sunday. So be right here. Uh, thanks to Tone and Barrett and our two guests, uh, Demetrius and Devin for hopping on board. We'll see if we come back on Monday, if we're talking about the only undefeated team left in the National Football League. Barrett thinks so. John thinks so. I think so. Be back here Monday talking about the 4-0 Eagles on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> 
the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.